Welcome to the Derek Prince Ministries podcast, helping you to grow stronger in God. For more than six decades, best-selling author and Bible teacher Derek Prince has been a source of inspiration for millions of believers around the world. You too can benefit from his compelling biblical insights. And now, Derek Prince. Today, I'm inviting you to view the world's situation with me from a perspective that is never covered by our contemporary media, such as the press, the television, the news summaries, the economic surveys. It's the perspective of God's purposes. As you look out on the world scene today, do you ever feel perplexed and frustrated, perhaps even downright frightened? Sometimes the overall impression is that of a troubled, restless sea, with powerful winds and currents opposing one another, and forces let loose that are beyond our comprehension or control. We are subjected to so many pressures today, from so many sources, economic pressures, political pressures, social pressures. Innumerable systems and ideologies compete with one another to gain control of our minds. Rival groups and alliances confront one another with tensions that are not always resolved short of open war. And right at the heart of it all, there is the problem of Israel, surrounded, outnumbered, and continually threatened by Arab nations whose hostility seems to offer no hope of lasting reconciliation. Already that problem has erupted into war four times in 30 years and could erupt overnight for the fifth time. Each such outbreak in the Middle East comes nearer by a margin no one dares estimate to precipitating a third world war to be fought with nuclear weapons whose destructive potential has never been calculated. Do you feel like asking, is the whole situation out of control? Is it just a meaningless jumble whose outcome no one can predict? Or is God at work somewhere in it all? Does he have a master plan that he is working out with all his inexhaustible resources of wisdom and power? Let me share my conviction with you. I believe that God is at work in our world situation today. I believe that he has a master plan, one which he had settled in his own mind before history ever began to run its course. I believe that God will work out his plan to a complete and triumphant fulfillment. Frankly, if I did not believe that, I would be a very depressed and fearful person. Let me share with you, as simply as I can, the essence of God's master plan as I see it. To understand God's plan, we must first understand His standard of values. We have to see where God's priorities lie. For God, the most important thing is people. It's very important to see that. Jesus told us in his teaching that one soul, one human soul, is worth more than the whole universe of things. I accept that evaluation. It's God's evaluation, and I feel it's right. It agrees with me. That evaluation is to be applied not merely to each individual person in the universe, 
in our world today, but it's to be applied collectively to God's people. In a certain sense, God's people is the collective sum of those who are committed to him. And they are his portion in the world. Deuteronomy 32.9 says this, For the Lord's portion is his people. The thing that really belongs to God in our world situation today is the people of God. God is committed to those who are committed to him. The basis of God's commitment is always the same. It's a covenant. We become God's people through entering into a covenant with him. And once that covenant has been established and ratified by God, then God declares emphatically he will never break his own covenant. He's committed to maintain it. Let's look at some of the promises that God gave to Israel under the old covenant because the principle applies still today. In Isaiah 41.10, God says to Israel, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What wonderful words of comfort and encouragement in the midst of so much turmoil, confusion, insecurity. How good to be able to hear the voice of Almighty God saying, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you. In other words, the solution isn't on the human plane. The solution is through looking upwards, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then again in Isaiah 43, 2, God says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. God does not say that we will never pass through difficulties or pressures or trying times. We will pass through the waters, through the rivers, even through the fire. But God promises us his presence with us all through and he promises that nothing will harm us or frustrate his purposes of good for us. God's ultimate plan for his people is always good. We may look again at the example of Israel. In Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven, God says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. That's always true for God's people. God's plans are for welfare not for calamity. They are to give us a future and a hope. We shall never be without hope. God's purposes for his people at this time can be summed up in one key word, which is restoration. Let's look at what Peter says to a group of Jewish people gathered to hear him in the city of Jerusalem in Acts 3, verses 19 through 21. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who had been appointed for you, even Jesus. He, that is Jesus, must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Notice that key phrase, the time for God to restore everything. That's one translation. Another contemporary translation reads like this. 
the period of restoration of all things. Do you see that in God's ultimate purpose there is to be a period of restoration of all things and that this period of restoration of all things is closely associated with the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it says that he must remain in heaven until the time comes for this period of restoration. So when the period of restoration comes, then we know it is time for the Lord Jesus to return. Now it's important to understand that we cannot know the day or the hour of the Lord's return. Scripture says no one knows this, not even Jesus, but only the Father. But the Scripture also declares that we should understand the times and the seasons. So we're not talking about the day or the hour, but we are talking about the times and the seasons. Seasons of refreshing, and then the time for God to restore everything. If we look at those verses from Acts 3, we'll find that there's a kind of simple outline of God's program to close this age. Coincidentally, in the English language, it can be summed up in four words, each of which begins with the letters R-E. The four words are repentance, refreshing, restoration, and return. Return, of course, of the Lord Jesus. Let me say those four words again. Repentance, refreshing, restoration, return. The first phase is repentance. And here the responsibility is placed upon us as the people of God. We are called to repent. As we repent, then God sends a season of refreshing. And out of the season of refreshing, he leads us into the fullness of his purpose, which is restoration. And somewhere in the outworking of that purpose of restoration, there will take place the dramatic climax of the present age, the return of the Lord Jesus. It's important to understand that it takes our response to set God's plan in motion. Here we have an example, one of many in Scripture, of the delicate balance between God's foreknowledge and our free will. God says it's going to happen, and then he says, but you're going to have to do something to make it happen. So, although God has declared it will happen, that doesn't set us free from our responsibility. What is our responsibility? To set in motion this end-time program of God, it is to repent. Let me just say briefly what repentance is. Many people do not understand repentance. It's not emotion. It's a decision. It's a decision to turn from our own way, to stop doing our own thing, working out our own program, setting our own standards. It's a decision to turn back to God, to submit to God, and to allow Him to tell us what He wants us to do. That's the key to our participating in God's program for the close of the age. Thank you for listening. For more inspiring teaching, visit our website at dpmuk.org forward slash podcast and like our page at facebook.com forward slash dpmuk to join our online community. Derek Prince, teaching you can trust.